0: Brace, I wish you a merry impeachment. I wish you a merry impeachment. Uh, I, see, the thing is, uh, my people, uh, see them, uh, we don't sing generally, like, carols. We got this guy, Madis Yahoo, who, like, we generally do his songs around Hanukkah.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that guy.
0: Yeah. You know, he died. Did he? Yeah. He got killed by a uh, Hezbollah sniper. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so here's where you're a fucking asshole, because like I was saying, all things that are bad are funny, and things that are funny are good, but if that's good, then it kind of sucks, because that sucks, but that makes it bad, which makes it funny, which makes it good again, and it's like an endless, it's a repeat over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. Yeah. See, women don't understand irony. Fuck. You know what? So I slept for about three hours last night. And in that, in my dream time, in my zone of, of restful slumber, I dreamt a dream, Liz. What was your dream, I Bryce? dreamt a dream free, with a world free of Russian interference. <laughs> I dreamt of a world f- where, where Venezuelans can go to the uh, Cabana and purchase goods f- with a large variety of them to choose from.
1: Yes, I, in my dream,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Where there's no Russia in interference. There's actually no Russia.
0: There's no Russia.
1: And actually, the Amazing. United States is Russia.
0: Like, we switch geographically? I guess it's a dream. No,
1: like, everywhere is the United States. It would just make everything easier.
0: No two countries that have had a um, hustler club in them have gone to war.
1: <laughs>
0: That's a fact.
1: I have a question to embrace. Lay on me, sister. Are you pro or anti-impeachment?
0: Impeachment Impeachment
1: of who? (laughs) Uh, Donald Trump.
0: Uh, I don't care. Is that like, (laughs) I don't care if he gets impeached. They're not gonna. Well, I mean, listen, here's the thing. If Donald Trump was withholding weapons from Ukraine, like he wasn't giving the country of Ukraine... Military supplies. Mm. I don't care if he was holding that up because he wanted his dick sucked by what's it, Zelensky. It's that's they should withhold those weapons forever. <laughs>
1: he should be impeached <laughs> for giving the that's weapons not to part Ukraine. Because I've Maybe been it is on the right. I I've, have no idea. Actually. I've been to Ukraine,
0: right? Mm. We we're talking about this earlier. One one day, I was walking in Odessa, uh, and I saw about forty pudgy um, youth wearing all black clothes and kind of marching in two lines. And I asked a friend of mine, I was like, what are these, what's up with these guys? And he's like, the fuck do you think is up with those guys? Like, who do you think they are? Uh, they were Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, marching just right down the street. A lot of
1: those in Ukraine.
0: Yeah, I saw many in Kiev. Uh, mm. A lot of just g- random guys in the subway with black sun tattoos. Uh, that's head skull shit. Yeah, And uh, it was not, what should I say? It was not comforting.
1: No, I would not. I would not think it would be. But
0: he, Donald Trump should be impeached because he didn't give those guys AK-47s. <laughs> no, I mean here's the thing: he committed a crime. I'm committing a crime right now.
1: What crime is that?
0: I'm not telling you. You're a fucking dark. <laughs> I'm Listen, I'm glad I went to prison because right now I have pecs that are hard as a rock. None of this is true. My arms are several inches in diameter. This is all a lie. And I
1: did not skip leg day. No, this is fake news You're at mode. oh my gosh. did you see Kumail? Yeah, he's juicing. I mean, obviously, yeah,
0: we gotta normalize juicing
1: well, I think that's what he's doing. he's he's destigmatizing it.
0: Here's the thing, fellas. <laughs> if it's fucked up, it's not fucked up to be like, "Hey, what's up? You got big like you got like a butt implant because that's like what people do now. But the fellas can't take a little natural hormone called tea and some (laughs) other slightly less natural but also related to hormonal uh, processes and such. Uh, You can't juice. Juice is fine. Liz, I got a confession to make. Yes. I've been juicing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can... Funny enough, I can't really tell.
0: Young Chomsky gave me about a gallon of juice. (laughs) And you know what I'm talking about. I've been injecting it uh, into my arteries about every seven hours. And I, first of all, I am ripped. I know this is a podcast, and we're not doing the Howard Stern thing where you can see me yelling at Liz, Mm. but I I have literally ripped through all of my shirts at this point.
1: Would you say the juice is loose? Oh, the juice is
0: absolutely loose. Yeah, no, it is white women, watch out. (laughs) I am, I am, I am huge right now. Uh, I gotta tell you, fellas, if you're listening to this, um... I know we haven't done sponsorships in the past, but you gotta see Synthol USA. No, it is a wonderful company. They gave me a little. I use it myself, and I am a tank right now. You know your favorite video game characters, uh, uh, Ken from Street Fight. Yeah. I am. I make Ken from Street Fight look like shit. Uh, young Chomsky and I have been have been have been injecting like. Leader and leader and leader and leader and leader after leader of Synthol. Every single night, we go down to Gold's gym. Uh, we go straight in the locker room, balls out, dick out, ass out. We go up to every little fucking nerd piece of shit there, slap them around with our massive hands. My thumbs are like are like Polish links. Uh, we we look at each other straight in the eyes, do a little jiggle around, make the do the helicopter thing and uh, And just get out there and pump and rip and everything that you would expect from us. Uh, i have uh, I haven't been home in eight days. <laughs> Like I could woo for way longer than that. We like that one, Liz. I like that. Can you do it longer? (laughs) I can go all day. Wipe out (laughs) Uh so Liz, big news.
1: Uh big news is hello, Brace.
0: That was the news. See, now you look like an asshole for interrupting no. me, even though I was about to say that. Hello, Liz. A uh, little warning to with listen- listeners out there. A warning to wish- listeners out there. I got three hours of sleep last night, and so I'm a little uh, light in the loafers
1: tonight. No. That, you-
0: <laughs> yes. It's, I realize it has a double meaning.
1: What's the double meaning?
0: It means you're tired. And so you're like kind of prancing around. it ever around. means that. It definitely means that. It's like sometimes your old man means your husband, but it also means can mean your boyfriend.
1: No, I don't think that,
0: that's It's called a double meaning. <laughs> it's a linguistic okay. thing. I
1: will keep telling people that you're light in the loafers if you're okay
0: I've been that. telling people that the whole, all the time. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, my name is Brace. <laughs> that's Brace. I'm and the Liz. sweepy little guy. Whiz, that's Wiz. <laughs> and we also have Wong Womsky, Young Chomsky here with a loaded glock pointed at me.
1: <laughs> yes, welcome, Truanon. Hello.
0: Hello. Welcome to Truanon.
1: <laughs> uh, so, bad news
0: <laughs> for, uh, for England over there.
1: Uh, wait, what happened? Uh, what so, happened?
0: Labor, unfortunately, won, and Jeremy Corbyn's devastating socialist program is going to ruin the Oh, wait. No. Sorry, the opposite of that happened. Yeah, uh, labor lost very badly. Uh,
1: not just very badly mm-hmm. historically.
0: Yeah, the worst result since what nineteen thirty five, something like that. Yeah, when they ran against the uh, the only competitors in that race were the British Union of Fascists and uh, the Australia First Party. They were trying to make Australia a nation. Did not work. Um, yeah, they got fucked up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, Astute listeners, if you listen to our Patreon episode where we were discussing the upcoming election. Mm,
0: Where we had high profile insights.
1: Yes. Uh, Bryce and I and Bryce and the guest discussed uh, pretty much these exact results. We had said that we were nervous, that we thought that Labor's coalition was uh, quite tenuous. Yes. Unsustainable. Mm Mm-hmm. And that the position on Brexit was...
0: Stupid doo-doo dumb.
1: <laughs> they were
0: going dumb on that Brexit shit.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, someone commented on that episode that I had a... He said it was wide of the mark. Yes, that my opinion on the election was wide of the mark. And to that I say, it sounds like you're the mark. Mm-hmm. And not me, the smart one, who was correct. I
0: think in, in British English that means correct
1: yeah oh really? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, oh. I didn't
0: think yeah you're I don't so think that's right. you're banned, and I'm calling the police on you because in Britain, you can somehow be arrested for like Facebook posts and stuff, Yes. and Patreon is a social network technically because it allows comments, so buster, you're going da- 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 da. I'm doing that tonight <laughs> uh
1: no, so um, I don't feel comforted in. Uh, being correct, by the way.
0: (laughs) No. Well, yeah, it it sucks. I mean, I think a lot of people saw this coming.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's,
0: uh, I mean, for those of you who have somehow ignored the news, the Red Wall in North North collapsed. Uh, Labor lost a shit ton of seats. And leave parties, parties that supported leaving the EU won in a a pretty resounding victory. Yeah. I think it was 400 out of 650.
1: Yeah, even the Brexit party got massive gains uh, in former labor strongholds.
0: Synthol-level
1: gains. (laughs) Uh, So it's not good. Mm -mm. Corbyn has resigned.
0: Yeah, he's still staying on for the moment in order to uh, get yelled at some more by insane people.
1: Yeah, I think, um, if I'm remembering correctly, they're going to start new... Leader elections on the 7th? Yeah. I want to say. So that should be interesting. A lot of infighting happening within the Labor Party. Again, unsurprising. Yeah. One, considering the outcome. Two, considering what we've spoken about mm-hmm. uh, regarding the various coalitions within the Labor Party. The cross-class thing. Not exactly working out for them. Yes. Um, so uh yeah, I don't know. Is there? I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into this. I think that there are many postmortems to do, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not a scholar of UK politics, no. but um,
0: but I do know a lot about incest. The national <laughs> sport. Uh,
1: um, I yeah. do. I do think that you know, uh, I don't know. There's been a lot of knee jerk reactions, and then. Ridiculous pushbacks to the knee jerk reactions and a lot of just a lot of um, a lot of opinions, myself included. I, you know, I've had zero
0: opinions. (laughs) I voted for the Scottish national, I'm a Scottish citizen. No,
1: you just keep your opinions
0: uh, locked down
1: in a little little heart
0: box near my heart. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it is. I think the probably the most clear answer there is that a lot of people had voted in a referendum for Brexit, right? Yeah. And then they saw their direct democracy vote, whatever, being sort of um, played around with by these parties in London. And I don't think they appreciated that very much. Because I, I, I don't think the people in these uh, these regions of the country have had a huge voice in politics as of late. And no. probably felt a little, uh, let's say, alienated from these parties.
1: Yeah. This is from... Um that blog, The Full Brexit, Mm -hmm. and I just want to read a little portion that I think gets to um, the left misreading of Brexit. Yeah. Uh, He writes, however, Corbyn notes that the communities hammered hardest by neoliberalism had, quote, regrettably voted against labor because, quote, politics as a whole wasn't trusted, but Boris Johnson's promise to get Brexit done, sold as a blow to the system, was... Sadly, that slogan will soon be exposed for the falsehood it is, shattering trust even further. Despite our best efforts and our attempts to make this uh, to make clear this would be a turning point for the whole direction of our country, the election became mainly about Brexit. And he notes this exposes Corbyn's principal failure; he could not see that Brexit was not a quote, or not his emphasis, a distraction from a revolt against neoliberalism, but the form that this revolt has taken in the British context. From the beginning, most of the British left have only been able to understand the Leave vote as a reactionary right-wing phenomenon and its supporters as either wicked supporters of or dupes of the right or even far-right. For left liberals to make this error is one thing, but for lifelong left euro to do so is inexcusable. So, um, yeah, Brexit was not quote, sold as a blow to the system, it was a blow to the system, evidenced by the hysterical response of that system to the vote, its desperate attempts to prevent the enactment of the referendum result ever since, and the challenges to every aspect of Britain's political and constitutional order. So I think that, sorry, that was a bit of a long passage, but that that gets to the heart of a failure in uh, analysis. Yeah, absolutely. On the part of the left and trying to understand what these that the revolt against neoliberalism, if we want to call it that, mm-hmm. is taking a form that it hadn't anticipated.
0: No, yeah. And and it's like we were talking about earlier, sort of without like an actual party that is capable of guiding these mm. these these movements or harnessing the energy from them and, and channeling them in a a, a left wing or socialistic direction. Uh absent a party that is capable of that. Uh, yeah, you're fucked.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we're
0: seeing that in pretty much every Western country.
1: Sure. And I think, you know, if. <laughs> well, mean, there are look, parties
0: that can harness it. Parties of the right.
1: Well, exactly. Because um, they
0: offer sort of the most simple and like uh, crude, uh, basically, revenge for people, which I can't necessarily blame them for taking. A, 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 a labor guy named Eddie Dempsey got in a lot of trouble mm. uh, before the election when he spoke at, I think, like a. Uh, some sort of like left Brexit rally or, or speech thing, where he said that like a lot of people hate the London liberals and the sort of labor, like, you know, like pro-EU type, you know, wearing the blue beret down in front of parliament. And he's like, they're right to do so. And a lot of people got mad at him for that. Yeah. But mm, I agree, they're right. It's, it's yeah, it's, and, and we're seeing that. I, I'm not really sure what other takeaway there can be. We'll say that it does seem a pretty apparent that the media hammering on Corbyn, uh, especially has sort of reached a fever pitch these past couple of years, has looks like it did take a toll as well.
1: Absolutely. And I want to get that to that in a second. And that's going to get to the kind of bulk of what we're talking about mm-hmm. today. But I just want to say one last thing from this post, which gets into what you were saying about, you know, absent any kind of capable party. hmm this debacle has important lessons for the left everywhere. In an era where traditional left and social democratic parties have dramatically weakened ties to, with their erstwhile working class bases, they will very rarely, if ever, get to decide the terms on which people revolt against the neoliberal order precisely because they are not leading the people. The people are, in fact, out in front of them. If the left then reacts in horror and recoils from the people and the prospect of fundamental change... The leadership of anti-establishment revolts will fall merely by default to the right.
0: Kind of reminds me of the situation we're dealing with, too. with
1: In the United States?
0: Yeah, but like even literally with Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Like it's, I mean, you saw that rash of articles that came out like, oh, Jeffrey Epstein's becoming a right-wing thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because the Epstein sort of, and the Epstein didn't kill himself meme, which, you know, I have my own feelings about Uh. That that became this huge thing, and the left was, I mean, basically absent like us and like the Chapo guys and some other people, just no, was nowhere to be found.
1: No, actually, I haven't seen any left publication discuss Jeffrey Epstein in any capacity outside of using it as a way to talk about like prison conditions. Yeah. Um, so that seems to be, again, <laughs> you know, you got to meet people where they're at. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about a left that is attempting to reconstitute itself after being completely decimated for the last 30, 40 years of, you know, insane austerity, globalization, mass deindustrialization, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you know, destruction of communities, you know, destruction of...
0: Uh, uh, but the bonds between people that they share. I mean, look at like... Sort of, especially like with with regards to trade unionism in the U.S., like Mm. there were these big centers, these sort of social centers for working people. Even like the fact that people were crowded into these giant factories where they had to be like elbow to elbow with other workers. There's, I mean, that obviously still exists. Like I work at a factory, but there is like it is it is great. Like especially in these deindustrialized zones in America and Britain and elsewhere. Uh, That, like, doesn't really exist anymore. No. People leave these much more solitary lives.
1: No, yeah. And, you know, like we've talked about before, you know, capital uh, has completely fled rural communities. There is, I mean, there's no social and political and economic infrastructure in these places. Yeah. So, you know, for labor to have assumed that it could hold that what they call the red wall. You know, it's a, I don't know. It's, it's nothing short of a disaster. Yeah. Uh, so no good news there. (laughs) Uh, whoops. Yeah. But you might think,
0: oh, this is just like the, you know, it was poor choices by Jeremy Corbyn. It was this whole disaster. And of course he did make some poor choices, like uh, accepting the Romaniacs weird grand bargain. But, uh, there's also some other forces at play here.
1: Yeah. So I think um, I, you know, I don't think that you, again, I think that the results of the election are multi, uh, you know, uh, not monocausal, mm-hmm. right? Um, it wasn't just Brexit. It wasn't just Corbyn's leadership. It wasn't just X, Y, Z, whatever. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of reasons. And, you know, when they get more data, a lot of people that are smarter than I am, Will suss all that stuff out, and lots of arguments will ensue. But um, one thing you cannot deny, like you mentioned, is the onslaught of propaganda.
0: Absolutely,
1: and um, we've, well, you know, in the in the U.S., a lot of that that's been uh, reported on has been the anti-Semitic yep. angles.
0: They're, they're going to try to sort of uh, bootleg that for a, a weird Bernie version. Yeah. That they're I, still going to... If you think they won't do that because he's Jewish, you are a fool, my friend.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. It might... <laughs> I, I've... You know. Yeah. The the Sanders campaign should take note of that. And yeah. And perhaps, you know... Yeah. Get ready for that.
0: <laughs> um, but it is like... Think of all the things that Jeremy Corbyn has been called in the past, I mean, probably two months. An IRA sympathizer, which actually, respect. A <laughs> friend of Hamas and Hezbollah, uh, which also, respect. I love when you say that. A, Will you say uh, it again? Hezbollah. It's
1: uh, good. It's good.
0: Yeah. And then- uh, Hey,
1: men out there, take note. Say it
0: like brace. Yeah. Uh, a, a paid stooge of Iran- that's my... Uh, I
1: like... I say... I like Iran.
0: Well, I'm doing a Spanish guy saying oh, okay. no
1: Iran. Uh, Iran.
0: Iran. Uh, or it's Italian, really.
1: Yeah, I don't uh, know. He, uh, a paid stooge
0: of them. Iran. A... Uh, what else is he? He Oh, he's is, Russian.
1: Isn't he a Russian asset? Well,
0: he is a... Ru- well, he's just, unfortunately, reporting on Russian assets in the NHS. Ah. Or that's stolen NHS docs. Uh, he is a spy for uh, the uh, former Czechoslovakia. Well, for when it was Czechoslovakia, it was a spy for the communist, uh, the SDB there, the Secret Security. They did services. correctly call him
1: a communist.
0: Yeah, well, I do think. Yeah, that is my like conspiracy theory. I think he is much more sympathetic towards uh, towards the good old stuff than than people think. Yeah, he is. I, th- I think so. Too. Uh, and they called him, of course, yeah, a stooge for the Kremlin in general. Now. I think, and of course, how am I forgetting a notorious anti-Semite? Oh right, of course. And and the thing is, <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn has withstood these attacks for years and years and years and years. But it's if you understand the nature of this works, it's it doesn't matter if someone reads an article about Jeremy Corbyn like being an anti-Semite. And they're like, ah, oh, this doesn't really seem. What did he say? I don't understand it. But if you are if you are subject to that relentlessly over and over and over and over and over again, and it's everywhere from the television to parliament to newspapers to your Facebook feed, it's going to seep in there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the general sort of sense that's rather non-political people, but people who maybe vote uh, in these general elections, I think a lot of them got was that Corbyn was a guy who did not care about Britain. yeah, And Boris Johnson for all of his faults... I mean, least. the man
1: is, like, basically always in Union Jack body paint.
0: Yes. Uh, and he's insanely racist. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, well,
1: that too. He's Actually, he's, like, for a Brit, just regular racist.
0: <laughs> um, and it's, it's, like, he has withstood all of these, but they've chipped away. And I think a lot of people genuinely think that Jeremy Corbyn is, like, a a at least a candidate member of the IRA, mm. uh, which everyone in America yeah. we all think that's cool, but not some, in Britain. Not in Britain. Not no. everyone does. Still, uh, still, unfortunately, they have not really understood the people's struggle, <laughs> um, and and I think that was a, that was a big effect too. But you might be thinking, okay, well, how was this going to work in the first place? So Jeremy Corbyn was going to recognize Palestine as a state. He is, of course, uh, a very much anti-interventionist, but also uh, a staunch supporter uh, of, of third world liberation movements. Mm. Uh, he was proud to call Hugo Chavez a friend. Uh, and he did not ever call him a dead communist dictator, which is something that still sticks in my craw. But anyways. Uh, I
1: said that. Bernie. Oof. Yeah. But, Yeah. Bernie's going to get that, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it was uh, fucking Mister Ramos cornering him again. By the way, Ramos is, I believe, a Deep CIA spy. Yeah, uh, but he, uh, I mean, certainly Maduro believes that, and I trust Maduro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Corbyn was seen as like as as sort of an anti-patriot because he he had this like great love for these for these liberation movements, mm. uh, or he was painted as an anti-patriot. And you might think, would they ever? allow, and by they, I mean like the British ruling classes, ever allow a man with such staunch convictions and dedication to the oppressed peoples of the world to become prime minister of the former British empire? No. No. And so...
1: So wait, Brace, when you say they...
0: Yeah. Who do you you mean? I'm talking... Well, I said they, the British upper classes. Oh, okay. But I'm talking about heads of industry, Mm -hmm. the state, and of course intelligence services. Yeah. And uh, there was a story that came out a while ago that did not get much play, right? It it, it really like, it was reported, if you were watching the internet, you would have seen it, but if you were watching just the pages of any mainstream publication in the UK, you might have seen maybe one article, maybe two articles, and they would have been framed uh, in ways that were rather vague.
1: And if you're in the United States, you would not have heard anything about it.
0: No, even though it has connections to uh, many United States companies and, of course, our own State Department.
1: Yes, absolutely. Now, Brace, What do you want to reveal what you're talking about?
0: So we're talking about the Institute on Statecraft, in particularly uh, something called the Integrity Initiative.
1: Yeah, so this was a tranche. A tranche. We love a
0: tranche. I love a tra- I love to, like, I, if you... Whew, Pig and shit, that is me.
1: Will you say Hasbolatranche?
0: Hasbolla <laughs> Wait, Well, that sounds like I'm a dude, I love Who's was that French director who just died? Some broad. Uh
1: you talking about Anna Karina?
0: Anna Karina. Canna Karenina died. Has <laughs> like Uh wait, you guys don't like that?
1: No, I liked it.
0: Okay, good. Well that's Hasbolatranche. <laughs> Probably edit out one or two of those. I feel like I did it several times there.
1: Um no, so a tranche. Of documents <laughs>
0: Wow you found a way To pronounce that weird Liz <laughs> That was like a A-U-A Tranche uh, A tranche of documents uh Were leaked by A uh, friend of the show Anonymous
1: We love Guy Fox On the show We
0: love Guy Fawkes love Guy Faw- I, And actually Liz writes For Guido Fox
1: So a tranche of documents Was leaked mm-hmm. By Anonymous To the UK press Uh basically shedding light into this incredibly opaque organization called the Institute on Statecraft, who um, is technically a registered charity in Mm -hmm. Scotland, but their activities are mm, a bit more nefarious than that.
0: Yeah, it it appears that the Institute for Statecraft is, you might call it a cutout, Which is like what happens when an intelligence agency basically creates a company to do their shit behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's certainly like, I think, a peddler of influence for the UK Foreign Office and for NATO intelligence. uh, Or various intelligence agencies within NATO. So, let's start with the director of this fucking dump. The man's name is Christopher Nigel Donnelly. He's born in forty six. And uh, he is, well, let's, see, let's take a look at his career. Instructor, Royal Military Academy at Sandhurst. Senior lecturer, Soviet Studies Research Center. Territorial Army, Intelligence Corps. Adjunct professor, Carnegie Mellon, Georgia Tech. Special advisor for Central and Eastern European Affairs to Sec- Secretary General of NATO. Founder and head of Advanced Research and Assessment Group, Defense Academy of the U.K., and currently director director of the Institute for Statecraft in London. Mm. Uh, So this is a colonel that directs uh, this whole organization, and they funded the Integrity Initiative, the Institute for Statecraft funded this thing, uh, to fight Russian interference in NATO member states. Now that might sound familiar to many of our... uh, what do we? What do they call? They call it. What do they call us? The cousins? That's just from John Le Carre books. Uh, what do they call Americans in Britain? Um, I don't know. They well, are about to be calling us sir after this fucking trade treaty goes through. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and it 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 basically how it works is it it's it's sort of an intelligence paddling or excuse me influence paddling, but. Uh, it, it, it mobilizes civil society or rather mostly journalists and also politicians to fight off Russian propaganda or Russian interference.
1: Yeah. So it's the Russia boogeyman should be familiar to our U.S. listeners, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we all know of Gate. Um, I have to say just if we can pause this for a second, that, uh, a lot of people got a lot of shit, and we, we're going to get into that as we move through this little history here. But a lot of people got a lot of shit for questioning the official narrative on Russia Gate, which is now Ukraine Gate because we're just gating all all things. Mm-hmm. Um, questioning the official narrative on Russia Gate, questioning uh, this uh, narrative of Russian "quote unquote" Russian influence in politics. Yeah, and also a lot of people. Got jumpstarts on their careers.
0: Yes, certainly. It has been a boost to people like this. Uh, So in their own words, the Integrity Initiative was conceived by the London-based Institute for Statecraft and launched in 2015. Its aim is to track, expose, and counter the increasing current of Russian malign influence and disinformation throughout the West. Uh, The Institute consists of independent experts and former government officials with a broad range of experience. This is also what they say. The Integrity Initiative works through setting up networks, quote-unquote clusters, within European countries which link individuals from all sectors, government, media, academia, who understood or who are concerned about this growing problem from Russia. The clusters disseminate information on this problem to policymakers and opinion formers in their own countries, and increasingly, through social media, to the general public. The national clusters are linked together into a network of networks coordinated from London, which acts as a conduit for sharing knowledge, stimulating thinking, and focusing research on disinformation and other aspects of hybrid warfare waged by Russia."
1: Yeah. So this is um, an intelligence initiative. Yeah. To set up what they call clusters. But it's really cells, basically. Yeah, intelligence cells that are comprised by, of academics, journalists, and State Department officials. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. State government officials. officials. Uh. Uh. Tasked with spreading propaganda about the Ruskies.
0: Yeah, but it's also it's the way they do this is that they 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 sort of present this like really like intense terror threat from Russia and the only way to counter that threat which 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 threatens the very foundations of our democracy is to actually do well unfortunately the same thing and it basically provides them cover for spreading their own propaganda and it's it's i mean if you listen to people like this basically every western nation is about to imminently fall to Russia sympathizers. And uh, the, the influence of, of Russian intelligence operations upon the general public and upon their perception of media and the, the, the news of the world is vast and almost unknowable. And so these clusters have to operate as sort of a one-way conduit for sharing information. The, you know, the, the London-based directorate, or whatever they call it, sends out a line essentially, to all these clusters. And then in their individual clusters, in their individual sort of uh, languages or social networks, uh, these people propagate that line. And to the observer who doesn't understand that this is happening, because obviously this was not exactly above board, well, the public rather didn't know about it, they just see all these varied voices from all over the world, from all these disparate countries, agreeing on something or countering this one piece of Russian propaganda, etc. Right. So... The Integrity Initiative retweeted an article by The Times, which I can't read because you have to be a subscriber. <laughs> but uh, part of uh, the, the part that I can read starts like this. I remember the STB clearly. The STB was the, uh, the Stotny Bespinox. I can't fucking read it. Or State Security, which was a pervasive part of my life in communist era Czechoslovakia. As a lone Western newspaperman in Prague, I was a prime target. The secret police followed me around, harassed my friends, bugged my flat, cut off my phone, tried to recruit me, shoved first girls, then boys, into the path, my path in the fruitless hope of entrapping me. And uh, integrity Initiative, in the, uh, in the tweet following them, them, them putting this article out, says, His open, visceral anti-Westernism helped the Kremlin cause, as surely as if he had been secretly peddling Westminster tittle-tattle for money. So they're essentially calling uh, Jeremy Corbyn an unwitting spy or agent for Russia. And this is, we didn't mention this earlier, but the Integrity Initiative has received two million pounds from the British Foreign Office. Yes. That's not all they've received money from. Uh, But we'll get into that in a second. Uh, So they are essentially calling Jeremy Corbyn a traitor.
1: Yes. And um, just weeks before the uh u k election mm-hmm. a and i believe we mentioned this before, but there was a um dossier that was leaked yeah from about n h s uh negotiations between the u s and the u k yeah uh over kind of privatizing the NHS in a kind of post-Brexit trade deal.
0: Yeah, it was it was about increasing i think prices for generics or who they're going to buy generics from the America.
1: Right. So, um Corbin really pounced on that mm-hmm. and uh he was called a a Russian spy, yep. a dupe. Yep. That it was fake news. Being uh, peddled by Russian bots, mm-hmm. tra- attempting to sow disinformation, yeah. and polarization among the UK. Of
0: course, the the dossier that he he was he was showing people was legitimate, like oh, it was absolutely. a real dossier. But that's the that's and always... that dossier newspapers had reported on it months ago.
1: Yeah, this was this is always a uh, this is always the move from the fake news media. Is that they don't question whether or not the actual, uh, you know, things that are being stated are true or not. The move is to just say, to question where the information came from. Absolutely. And use the kind of that quote unquote trail of evidence to then assassinate the person peddling the information.
0: Yeah, and, and it's funny, actually, about the, the, the Czech s- spy shit I was talking about earlier, the, uh, the state security stuff, is that Jeremy Corbyn was targeted by a very intense smear campaign from a variety of newspapers that were, in no uncertain terms calling him a spy for the state security of Czechoslovakia. <laughs> They're saying that he had had purposely leaked information in I think the 70s or no, it was the 80s to a Czech spy who was stationed in in Britain who was eventually kicked out of the country. Now this guy of course is a total fraud. He had he had leaked documents from the or he had he had rather uh, handed over documents from the like uh, Czech State Security Bureau that that Basically, were not doctored, but presented in a way that were was less than truthful. Which, according to people like experts in Czech in the Czechia, current Czechia, that it was total bullshit, um, and that that Corbyn was not a spy in any sense of the word. Uh, and nevertheless, these newspapers knew this, and they kept hammering on on it. So I do think it's rather, um, let's say, telling that the Integrity Initiative tweeted about. This article basically comparing Corbyn to the the uh, state security of Czechoslovakia.
1: Um, well, not only that, but the Integrity Initiative is also uh, implicated in some of these Russian interference um, uh, allegations mm-hmm. with regarding the NHS. They are leak. yes, um, My every. God.
0: What? My God.
1: Yeah. Every single um, uh, media report that is, that has, you know, repeating the line that the documents came from Russian bots. Mm-hmm. That there was like a Russian hacker, right? Yeah. And Reddit came out and said that this was possibly the case,
0: yeah, they, it said it was possibly the case that it was yes. Russian linked and it tweeted it or excuse me, it had posted about topics that were like linked to Russian bots
1: and the every time the media used uh a single source to link to establish this link, uh which was a data consulting firm called Graphika mm-hmm. who had an information who information expert Ben. Nemo, N I M M O. He kept he's he's quoted repeatedly by saying that this cl- quote closely resembles a known Russian operation, while also saying, "Well, we don't actually have the data to do this." Now, who's this person? Well, he is actually not a data expert or a journalist, uh-huh. but a former NATO press officer huh. who previously consulted. For an integrity initiative propaganda farm.
0: My God, see, it's all like what we're seeing here is basically one of the electronic arms of the state. I mean, this is a, a, a what seems to be a British project with American help to essentially spread propaganda online to smear political opponents. and it's just one of the many ways that, that uh, the British government was not going to allow Corbyn anywhere near um, the Prime Minister's office. And it's, it's – if you think that this is just like – this was poo-pooed a lot because these clusters of journalists, including one noted famed anti-Corbynite corbonite or excuse me, anti-socialist, anti-labor person, James Ball, <laughs> one of the most despicable pieces of shit that has ever been dumped out of the queen's ass – he uh, he was of course one of the people that was a node on this, and, if, and I, obviously the things that he's tweeted, the information that he has disseminated, basically ex- closely follows the line uh, hewn to by the Integrity Institute, or excuse me, the Integrity Initiative. Um, but if he said, you know, this actually, I, you know, it's it's a whole bunch of hooey. He poo pooed it, played it down. Of course, he had given a talk at the Integrity Initiative, but of course, still, it, it didn't really matter and the fact that it received 2 million dollars or excuse me 2 million pounds in foreign office money didn't really matter they've received money from some other places as well though the headquarters for nato public diplomacy gave them 12,000 pounds for each inaugural workshop which totaled 168,000 pounds partner institutes paid 5,000 pounds for each inaugural workshop 70,000 pounds Uh, The Lithuanian Ministry of Defense provided free all costs for their Stratcom teams, a monthly trip to support a new hub slash cluster creation, and to educate cluster leaders and key people in Vilnius on Infowar techniques. That cost £20,000.
1: Well, look at who's the next person. Hmm. Well, that's the U.S. State Department for Research and Dissemination Activities for... $500,000, about, or £250,000.
0: Yeah, and that is, it says, it's excluding any activity in the USA. Of course, the thing about that is that Twitter, Facebook, etc., it doesn't, like, not show you it if the person's not doing it in the USA. Right. So that really means absolutely nothing. The Smith-Richardson Foundation, £45,000 for cluster activities in Europe and USA. And look at that, Liz. Who's next?
1: Hey, that's our good friends at Facebook. Wow, Facebook, donating a th- hundred thousand pounds for research and education activities.
0: Now we got some stuff on Facebook later, and sort of their outsourcing of what's real news and what's fake news to uh, some of the other sort of partners of the Integrity Initiative Institute for Statecraft, like the Atlantic Council. Um, but this is this is a pretty big operation, and this is happening not in plain sight, but it has been exposed. And it has really been sort of suppressed and ignored by the, the, the mainstream media.
1: The lamestream media. Exactly.
0: Um, and here's the thing, though. If you think that you are safe just because you live in the United States, well, I've got bad news for you, brother. The Integrity Initiative was developing or still is developing because it's not like they've closed a U.S. arm of its program. They say we have uh, in the light of today's new awareness we have evolved our program over the last 6 months understanding what is needed to create to create a network across Europe of active clusters of people in each country bringing together academics think takers journalists civil servants politicians and business people the west is badly in need of a reassertion of US leadership the EU has been unable to generate any strategic thinking or to exercise convincing leadership. Russia and China are successfully driving wedges between EU member states and between a- allies within NATO. Brexit has added to the confusion. The UK needs reminding how, how to play its key role of encouraging and enabling US leadership in Europe and NATO. It's weird that a uh, a group that was based in the UK and it was funded by the Foreign Office is saying that U.S. leadership is needed, but I digress. The U.S. also needs to build, rebuild its understanding of Russia and how to deal with it so as to A, improve its own governments at a time of transition and B, rebuild its leading role in Europe via NATO and via encouragement to the EU and to enable them to deal effectively with the new challenge to our democratic structures and processes posed by Russia and China and ISIS. Is ISIS really a threat to our democratic structures, Liz? <laughs> no. Uh, it is. It, this is spook shit. It's all spook. It's all spook shit. And <clears throat> we all know about it. And like, if you read these documents, you can take it seriously and understand, like, the, sort of the gravity of what this is and realize that this is just one organization among many. But there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, this is not exactly being, like, harped upon by the British press.
1: No, I mean, it's, yeah, like you said, basically no one is talking about it.
0: No, and, and, and it's funny. In, in America, we've really, like, not we or listeners to this podcast, but sort of the American electorate, or at least a certain section of it, would absolutely be thrilled if they found out about something like this, because it's combating Russian interference. Exactly. And that allows—under the guise of this, this combating Russian interference, which, of course, we as normal people have no way to track or trace— uh, they can basically spread their own propaganda, which is like why they are doing this.
1: So, just to like pause for a second, because we were just kind of going over a big wall of information. Mm-hmm. But we're doing that because I think it's important that uh, when we talk about this Russia stuff, which a lot of people I think have kind of clung to as explanations for certain political events. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to point out that there are, uh, you know, there are reasons why these are mainstream media narratives. Yeah, absolutely. And that the reasons are not maybe what they seem.
0: No, I, I think that people don't understand that this is like literally a CIA plot. <laughs> like it's it's if and if if you don't see that, you are a fucking fool. This is like. What better way to make people sort of, first of all, cling to institutions, but also sort of distrust them at the same time, creating this sort of schizophrenic uh, mindset within people, but also this this latent sense of nationalism that a lot of liberals feel around this stuff, where they feel like the evil Russian is coming in here and pissing all over our beautiful democracy <laughs> and making people racist right which is Russia invented racism well in America. it also
1: has the added plus of shoring up uh, certain companies power
0: absolutely I mean it, it makes so what Facebook does for example is they outsource their fact checking to a variety of companies mm. and one
1: the Atlantic Council <laughs> yeah
0: and prop or not ID service which is I believe just one guy uh, <laughs> but one of the like many Blogs that they basically took offline, took off Facebook, is like Naked Capitalism, your favorite blog.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Saying that
0: it was like Russian influence peddling. I mean, this totally nebula. What if you could get that out of Naked Capitalism? Then my God.
1: Yeah, a lot of people basically in the kind of like 2016, 2017 Russian bot hysteria, <laughs> social panic. Yeah, sex panic, but for Russian bots, basically. Mm-hmm. Um Naked Capitalism which I think I've mentioned we've mentioned on the pod before yeah. was definitely a website that basically got blacklisted mm-hmm. um and I believe that they ended up suing I know I I'm trying to remember from their coverage of it I feel like Yves wrote a pretty strong letter because the Washington Post actually reported on this
0: Yeah the Washington Post reported proper not ID services being like a a reputable source
1: Yes and it listed a bunch of basically left-wing websites yeah. that were skeptical of the Russian election narrative mm-hmm. as being stooges for the russkis. Yeah. And um, it took them a really long time to, to redact the article, actually.
0: It's, it's. I mean, it's pretty astounding that that, it's not astounding actually at all that that happened in the first place, but it's, it's wild that that happened sort of in plain sight. And there was basically no outcry because they could just say, well, they're Russian influenced peddling websites. So, what can we do? Yeah,
1: and any any critic was um, either called. I, I mean, people. It was. Re- I, I don't know. It was really bad, and a lot of people have somehow like washed this memory from their brain, or yeah. whatever the saying is, and um, forget that they they too fell under the spell of the Russian bot. Narrative.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and one thing that has really been pushed since then is this whole concept of the red brown alliance. Oh God, here we go, Liz. You're you're red. I'm brown. Well, I'm all skinned. <laughs> uh, what is the red brown alliance?
1: Oh, the mythic red brown. I believe that there are some uh, crazy Twitter accounts that have accused me of such things. Um, this is the sort of mythic boogeyman of the left, which is the big fear that the left will team up with the right yeah, in an alliance that I haven't totally understood to what ends. I think they think that Bernie Sanders is going to go on
0: Tucker Carlson and not Tucker as his vice president. And then (laughs) with a mix of populist economics and right wing, I guess, other stuff, like I guess being against gay, I don't know, being against gay marriage? I'm not really sure. I don't know. But like racist, like racist right mixed with like, Populist economics left. This
1: would be the Sanders Carlson pact. Of yeah, it, it's 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 pretty
0: ridiculous, but it gets deployed a lot. You see it when people are. It's
1: absurd. Just, it's absolutely absurd. This is I, it's not like, a thing. not a real thing. No, uh, unless you're talking about anarchists turning into Nazis, which
0: I you know has happened once or twice. Uh, but it is it is pushed by this select group of people, and it's funny. One of these guys has always really. Raised my hackles, and I, you know how I hate my my hackles raised. Lips.
1: I, you hate it.
0: I hate it. Uh, and his name is Alexander Reed Ross. Mm. and he wrote a book called "Against the Fascist Creep," which is about basically, I think it's about like fascism sort of influencing all parts of society or something mm. like that. I, I'm not gonna fucking read that crap. Uh, but he is a a a a researcher at some fucking university in the Pacific Northwest. I don't even give a fuck which one. Um, But his whole thing is he pushes this red-brown narrative. And and in particular, he he accuses people of uh, being like Duganists and of being— This is
1: not a thing, by the way.
0: Yeah, Alexander Dugan, by the way, who is like uh, a a national Bolshevik or whatever you want to call it, but basically a Nazi who lives in Russia— who some people think has like an insane amount of influence over. Literally, Putin's like government. 15
1: people have read him.
0: Yeah. It's like, I knew who he was before all this started, but like, I didn't care who he was. Like, no. nobody, it's not like, he's not a major player behind the scenes, but they sort of treat him like a Rasputin type. Uh, but Alexander Reed Ross has done, um, let's say, some events with members of the Integrity Initiative.
1: Uh, some big events, actually. So from some reporting on this, before the Integrity Initiative was exposed as a military intelligence front operation, Ross was among a small coterie of pundits and self-styled disinformation experts that followed the group's Twitter account. Okay, well, that's not a big idea. Yeah, that's he followed not a, big a Twitter deal. account? That's not a big deal. No. Uh, in a series of articles for the Southern Poverty Law Center last year, Ross attempted to bring his warmed-over Cold War theories to the broader public. He wound up trashing everyone from the co-author of this piece, Max Blumenthal, to Nation Magazine publisher Katrina Den Heuvel, to Harvard University professor of international rela- relations Stephen Vault, as hidden shadow fascist, secretly controlled by the Kremlin, the articles ultimately generated an embarrassing scandal and a series of public retractions by the editor-in-chief of the Southern Poverty Law Center. So- I remember that.
0: I, it was really funny because this guy put out these deranged articles essentially calling people Russian agents uh, for a variety of reasons. But basically, I think Katrina Vanden Heuvel was like some, in, some Friends of Russia Uh, group which had existed for quite a while to like, you know, uh, it's peoples of Russia versus and and peoples of America getting together. And essentially any contact with Russia or the Russian people is treated as if you're getting some sort of disease, right?
1: Yeah. He says, um, this was his uh, uh, quote from sort of how these red-brown alliances are forming. The alt-right takes from both this red-brown, it's called, or like left-right, syncretic, highly international national of nationalisms, and from the United States' own paleoconservative movement, and it's sort of percolated down through college organizing um, and anti-interventionism meets anti-imperialism, Right. Now that makes sense to you, right, Brace?
0: Yeah, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It really is like the main the main way that this has come out is in people is against people who have taken a line other than the State Department's on the Syrian civil war, <laughs> and and you're you're immediately if, if you sort of question the the U.S. government on certain let's say ideas that they have about Syrian civil society or Syrian political society, you are a an Assadist or a Putinist or something like that. And Alexander Reed Ross is like the king of this. If you're familiar with a certain sphere on Twitter, the (laughs) what's sphere, uh, let's say Alexander Reed Ross baps.
1: Um, So just to be clear, it wasn't just that he was following this Twitter account or anything like that. No, he was on stage at the Integrity Initiative Seattle event um, alongside... Uh, a contributor to the Center for a Stateless Society, C4SS, the think tank, the left market anarchist think tank.
0: That is, the, the, so the, the point of the C4SS is basically like they are for markets, not states. I'm not <laughs> sure what makes them left. Uh, and, and, and really, like they are, they, they call themselves anarchists, but every time I look at them and I like click on the author's like bio or whatever, They are 100% just like a weird lib dem guy or just like an actual libertarian. And the C4SS have quite a lot of, uh, let's say, involvement in like national libertarian activities.
1: Yes. They say their core aim is uniting far left anarchists with free market right libertarians. So
0: sort of like a red brown thing. (laughs) Right? It's like the left, the far left, and the far right.
1: Absolutely. And hey, guess what? Those um, are actually, uh, you know, those two tendencies can go quite hand in hand.
0: If you look at the C4SS website, there is literally no difference between the two. The C4SS is is one of, like, one of the most obnoxious institutions, I think, that I've ever um, dealt with in my entire life. Because I... Uh, I I have had some let's say less than pleasant experiences with one William Gillis there who when I was really? overseas tried to spread a rumor which is by the way like absolutely literally made up not even based on like a rumor or anything that I was a rapist and I'd been kicked out of the punk scene in, in San Francisco for being a rapist and I asked him about this I was like what are you talking about he's like a mutual friend told me and I, I look and I, I have no mutual friends with this person he's just some random guy in the Pacific huh. Northwest. I, I asked my friends at home, I was like, is there some rumor about me? What's going on? Of course not. And I actually go to an anarchist book fair where he's at. And he is a dump truck. He is a piece of shit. He is, <laughs> he is a ponytail, slump shoulders, uh, soy beard, just terrible, terrible, terrible. He, he, his, his whole style is whack. <laughs> and I go up to him and I was like hey man like what's going on? he tries to shake my hand I'm like why would you shake a rapist hand and I asked him I was like well what's uh, what's up with that like why why'd you say that like you, you didn't answer me on Twitter um, you know I think it's kind of not cool to say that kind of stuff and he's like oh yeah I guess that might not have been true uh, and I, yeah I told him I was going to uh, bleep him you can bleep that Mr. Young Chomsky and uh, then pushed some stuff off his table and walked out and he started screaming at me you're a tanky I <laughs> was this is insane. This is, these people are deranged.
1: You know what's actually, um, what's not fake news what? about the C4SS? Is that they have a little problem with pedophilia. They do, do they? Uh, yes. Now, isn't that strange? A libertarian organization would have a problem with pedophilia.
0: In fact, I think that the person who started C4SS was a, uh, let's say, what does it say here? Confessed child rapist and libertarian activist named Brad Spengler, who set the group up to promote, quote-unquote, market anar- anarchism to, quote-unquote, replace Marxism on the left.
1: Yeah, funny how those child rapist and libertarian activist just, again, those two things just go... Sp- Together, two peas in a pod.
0: Yeah, so I guess he had confessed in a Facebook post to molesting his young daughter. He says, During a particularly bad period in 2004, I molested my young daughter. I did not do so forcibly, but the betrayal of trust and resulting potential emotional fallout for her has weighed heavily on my conscience ever since.
1: Here's a real cute tweet of his. If your, quote, baby is old enough to go see an R-rated movie by herself... I'll show her things in bed you probably don't even know about yet.
0: He also said this with the laptop going in for warranty exchange, worries about the discovery of which websites I had visited and further questions that might raise that might raise convinced me that facing the currently dominant accountability process, regardless of what's right or wrong with it, is the best thing I can do for my daughter. Um what? Jesus. does that mean? What kind of websites was Mr. Spangler visiting? It was, if libertarianism has taught us anything, it was, of course, child pornography.
1: Yeah. So
0: these are our enemies, folks. And, and here's here's what we're saying. Like, the point of all of this is that the red-brown smear is literally a CIA plot. <laughs> like, I'm not even fucking kidding, because it's being thought up in these think tanks and spread out to these nodes and put out by... Dupes like Alexander Reed Ross, unless he's you know doing it knowingly, and then suddenly it becomes suddenly you have uh, celebrities calling people tankies for not wanting uh, you know us to invade such and such country, uh, and and they they always they're always balancing out. It's like well you know what are you for Russian imperialism? It's like Russia has the GDP of like L A. <laughs> <Like>, it <laughs> well, is not it is not my main concern right
1: yeah, now. Yeah, and I'd say that you know what's really worrisome is not the celebrities and the liberals because they haven't attached themselves yet to these sort of red brown smears but they will if the left keeps banging on about it and it's very strange how the left has uh attached itself to a big big boogeyman here yeah um a lot of talk about quote unquote knots bulls. yeah which is short for national Bolshevism, which is, like, barely a fucking tendency, by the way. It's funny. I think a lot of people just mix up
0: social Democrats for being Nazbols, which should tell you something about social democracy. (laughs) But you don't realize, like, yeah, there's just racist social Democrats. Like, you don't have to be, I don't know. It's not like,
1: uh, study history. I
0: mean, have you heard of the French?
1: (laughs) This is also, like, not a scourge. Like, this is just not... This is so blown out of proportion and so insane, and you're you're really feeding into like you said um a lot of convenient state department narratives um and and it's a shame i you know I saw a lot of uh pushback just on Twitter from just in sort of even anticipating um you know, criticisms of labor's strategy, of Corbin's leadership, of everything that we talked about on the podcast, saying, Well, anyone who criticized that, you know, watch out. They're gonna yeah. start advocating for a red-brown alliance. It's like, these are not, this is not a thing that's happening. No. But you're making it a thing, and other people are going to attach themselves to that narrative and it's going to get out of control. And suddenly you're agreeing with the right that the actual Nazis are socialists.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess that's true. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 I mean, just remember when you're reading about, I mean, and read, read this, read up on this stuff if you don't believe me. But like, literally, this is a CIA plot. And if you're falling for it, you're a fucking mark and you're a jump and you're a sucker.
1: hey guys we fucked up and we forgot to mention um where we called all this reporting from which is from the gray zone and the great reporters max blumenthal ben norton and Mohammed al-mazi all their work uh documenting the integrity initiative their ties to nato and the atlantic council we are linking in the episode so be sure to check all of those guys out
0: Hey, this is Streetwear Talk with, uh, you call, you know me, Bricky Brace, and I'm here with Lizzo no. uh, and oh God, uh, Young Brace. Chomsky, but with a U, not a O U.
1: Please no don't way. call me that. It already
0: is that way. Oh, well, with a, that's the British way, OU. Uh, so, hey, we are out here in front of the Supreme Store on Market Street in San Francisco. Lizzo, what are, what are you getting today? We're not doing this bit? Okay. Uh, thank you so much for, sorry, I, I, I know that was a reading heavy episode, right? And that was a big knowledge, we did, we dropped the knowledge bomb on you.
1: Mm, knowledge atomic bomb. Yeah. Which is, don't trust anyone except for me and Brace.
0: Yeah. Uh, because you'll get radiation poisoning and die <laughs> if you don't. Uh, it's just like, we, 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 you know, we know it's not necessarily our funniest episode, but... It is important to learn this shit.
1: Yes, it is. And to that note, I actually am going to include a ton of reading material in the notes this time. Mm -hmm. So fucking click that shit, dorks.
0: I'm going to do a recipe for a creatine shake that (laughs) Young Chomsky and I have been cooking up. Uh, and you are, boy, if you haven't gotten onto the bodybuilding forums, which is www.bodybuilder.com slash forums slash local stuff slash fucking around, uh, you you will flip after you drink this recipe. I mean, it is one of the greatest, it is it is a mixture of grape and vanilla. And the way that we combine it, I mean, we, he and I spent probably four days on this recipe. And, and it is one of the most delicious, delectable drinks I've ever had in my life.
1: Do you call it granola or vape?
0: We call it vape. Yeah, we call it vape. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. It's vape juice. And let me tell you, fellas, if you've been stuck inside listening to us talk about the Integrity Initiative all day, nothing will get you more pumped, more ready to go out there, more ready to meet women than a gallon of vape juice. <laughs> And if you can't find creatine on your local shelves, you can actually drink actual vape juice. What you got to do is buy a four-pack of jewels, split open the cartridges, put them in a shot glass, and just bottoms up. It's really good for you.
1: All right. That was some straight Russian propaganda, if I've ever heard of it. And am I
0: telling the truth, or am I lying?
1: Ooh, twiddle your mustache. Yeah,
0: thank you so much. Sp- uh, spasibo <laughs> for joining us. Uh I'm Liz. I am Grigory Modlenko. Uh Babchenko, uh, Grigoryevich. Uh and I am laying on my back on a uh what are those things that are like a sofa but they got no sides to them and when to- bench press. No, well, I am on the bench. Uh and I am being fed. I stopped doing the accent, I got tired. I am being fed little fishies by my catamite.
1: Little pickled uh herrings. Mm-hmm.
0: Little pickled herrings. <laughs> and uh little pickled earrings. And I am uh of course we are joined by producer Yo Young Chomsky.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <tead music plays> Just check Jeff, Jeffrey